Texans View of the World with your host, Jeb Bashaw. Good afternoon. My name is Jeb Bashaw, and this is my podcast, A Texans View of the World. We live in a time when everything is so fast paced, people have phones on their watches to make sure they don't miss a call. Everything is scheduled. Get up, get dressed, feed the dog, out the door, have a breakfast meeting then a Zoom call, then a conference call, then meet for lunch, then come back and answer emails, then make a client call, then pick up your cleaning, then meet for drinks, then have dinner, then watch Tucker Carlson, then go to bed and start all over. It sounds crazy, but that's what most people between 25 and 65 do every single day. Weekends are crazy. Margaritas on Friday night with friends to unwind. Drive to the beach or the ranch for a quick getaway. Do honeydews. Go to Bed Bath & Beyond. Dinner Saturday night with friends. Get up Sunday. Go to church. Go to Buffalo Grill. Stop in the office to get ready for the new week. And go to bed even more tired. Even vacations are frantic. Work late the night before because everyone knows you're leaving town. Pack your bags, usually too much. Hire a dog sitter. Race to the airport. Valet park. Don't lose your ticket. Go through security. Get on the airplane. Land, hopefully. Rent a car. Go to the hotel. Check in. Plan dinners in a strange city. Plan activities. Take your laptop so you can work on, quote, important things. It's a nonstop whirlwind, and you aren't ever really relaxed until the third day of your vacation. And then on the fourth day, you start counting the days to go back and start all over. Do I have the rent car information? Do I have my valet ticket? Pick up the dogs. It's a never-ending rat race. Look, I'm not complaining. Those are what my mom would call, quote, rich man problems. But what if you're not rich? What if you're just a working man or woman taking care of your family? I'm blessed. My wife and I have four beautiful kids, three bonus kids, and working on a fourth. They're all happy and self-sufficient. I wish I saw them more, but it's kind of a cats-in-the-cradle time in my life. So why all this discussion? Because I want to share with you today a special story, a story the most selfish thing I do all year with the complicity and help of my wife, family, clients, and employees. And I've been doing it for almost 20 years. It's fun, it's educational, it's relaxing, and it's cheap, at least on a relative basis. Those bells you heard at the beginning, those are the bells of the Manresa Retreat House in Convent, Louisiana. The Manresa Retreat House in Convent, Louisiana is 319 miles away from my home here in Houston. For me, it might as well be a thousand miles away or a million miles away, because what goes on there for me is transformational. But let me back up. I've been going on for retreats since my days in high school. Back then, they were generally two days max, and frankly, the best part was missing school. I didn't always get a lot out of them because I wasn't of an age where I was discerning much. 
except how to get a fake ID and perhaps buy more beer. But I always got something out of them. My most memorable was my senior year. Not because of what happened on their trip, but because of a friendship I forged that has been 40 years strong with one of my classmates. To this day, we still don't see a lot of each other, but I would be there for him in a second and he for me, and it all grew out of our time together on retreat. Those retreats are what we called talkies. When everyone met, we met in large groups and small groups. We had a facilitator who led the discussions. Imagine how awkward it is for 17-year-old boys to share their feelings, or 58-year-old boys. But this started me on a lifetime of experiences of contemplation. My favorite retreat experience are those that are based on Ignatian spirituality. Ignatian spirituality is named for Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Society of Jesus and a saint of the church. I can honestly say that every good thing that has ever happened to me was in some way tied to my Jesuit education. My career, my friends, my family, my thoughts. It sounds like hyperbole, but it's not. Ignatius, originally Eniho, which always reminds me of the Princess Bride, always brings a smile to my face. Ignatius was everything a little boy wants to be. He was a soldier, a ladies' man. He was admired by his male contemporaries courtier to the kings. He was like a Harlequin romance novel all rolled into one. He was brave, he was chivalrous, and he was a natural leader and probably a little crazy. Ignatius was Spanish and was a soldier who fought at the Battle of Pamplona against the French. The Spaniards were widely outnumbered and were, quote, awaiting reinforcements. For you Texans, think the Battle of the Alamo. With few men and even fewer supplies, Ignatius rose to the occasion. He rallied the men against a vastly superior force. However, alas, like the Alamo, reinforcements from the Viceroy never showed up. As the battle ensued, the French started firing cannons. One of the cannonballs ricocheted off the fortress and wounded Ignatius in both legs. When Ignatius woke up, he realized he was in a field hospital. Worse still, it was a field hospital of the French, his enemy. Like all of us might, Ignatius realized he was in deep doo-doo. As he got his bearings, he looked around and realized his sword was by his side. Hmm, he thought, that's weird. Then he looked up to see a French general standing over him. He said to the general, Am I your prisoner? Why have you not taken my sword? The Frenchman, a true gentleman and nobleman, realizing what a great man Ignatius was by his bravery in battle, replied, No, you have been hurt and you are my guest. What can I do for you? Remarkable. Mortal enemies, in theory, sharing the glory of the battlefield and the acknowledgement that could have gone the other way. This is one of the many remarkable things to happen in Ignatius' life. As he recovered, the French allowed him to return with honor to be treated in his family home. On a funny note, I mentioned that Ignatius is a saint of the Catholic Church. When a saint is named, the term used is canonized. Hence, it's acknowledged that Ignatius is the only saint in the Catholic Church to have been canonized twice. Upon returning home, he was laid up and unable to walk. As an avid sportsman, he was going crazy. I live with an avid athlete, and if she isn't exercising, she is miserable, and on occasion make others miserable as well. He demanded they bring him something to read. As luck would have it, they only had two books, a book entitled The Life of the Saints and a Bible. 
For the next 30 days, Ignatius read voraciously these stories and fell in love with a new kind of chivalry and leader, Christ the Savior. What luck for Ignatius and for the church. Thus began Ignatius' lifelong search to become a companion of Christ and the founding of the Society of Jesus, commonly known as the Jesuits. Interestingly, the origins of this took roughly 30 days, and this is why in his mind he was doing, quote, spiritual exercises instead of physical exercises, and thus came to be known as the spiritual exercises of Ignatian spirituality. Literally, his forced convalescence caused one of the great movements of the millennium and beyond. Now back to Manresa in Convent, Louisiana. Convent, Louisiana is halfway between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. And it's often said among the men of Manresa, if you want to know who your best friend is, think of the man who invited you to the Manresa Retreat House. The Retreat House in non-COVID times houses 112 men every week for the spiritual exercises and sometimes twice a week. My group is 10A. We are what's called a floater group. Our week to attend moves with the Lenten calendar. We always attend the Sunday after Ash Wednesday through the following Wednesday. The retreat is silent. That means the retreatants, folks like me, don't speak for four days. And when you quit laughing, I'll continue. So it's a silent retreat, but only verbally and in your heart. There is a retreat master who gives 11, that's right, 11 30-minute talks over the next four days. This is the hardest work you'll ever see anyone do. Imagine trying to engage 112, or this time due to COVID, 55 men for a cumulative total of five and a half hours. And believe me, the time flies by, at least for the retreatants. So what's a day like? You wake up to the bell you heard at the beginning of the podcast. That is the first bell of the day. This is the gift of a silent retreat and a retreat in general. You literally don't have to do anything. You don't have to set an alarm. You don't have to think about anything. The bell tells us where to go and where to be. You don't have to make a bed, make a meal, answer a call or a text, except God's call. We have a saying, Manrese is where nobody talks to anybody, but everybody talks to God. How wonderful is that? But it's even better. You don't have to talk to God. In fact, it's better if you just let him talk to you. Our retreat master, Father Krause, shared with us a quote from a famous theologian who said, Spread the gospel, and even talk if you have to. Our actions sometimes are more powerful than our words. And please understand, this is not a monastic lifestyle. It's a gift. Everyone needs a break. It's a gift from my wife to let me go, and from my children. It's a gift from God for me to enjoy the peace. It's a gift from my friends and colleagues as I disconnect for these four days each year. So what happens? Well, it's not a mystery. In fact, we've got a book about it. You go from breakfast to a lecture, take a break to another lecture, to mass and prayers, and then you have four hours to do anything you want. Exercise, nap, read, whatever you want to do. And then another lecture, more prayers, dinner, relax, and then one last lecture and night prayers, and then it's time to hit the hay. One of the best gifts is downtime. Imagine being alone with your thoughts. As discussed, when was the last time you had the luxury of doing nothing? Think about it. Just think about the last time you had to do absolutely nothing. And the meals? The meals are great. We are in Cajun country. That means grits with every breakfast. 
but it also means fresh fruit and cereal and eggs for lunch gumbo and red beans and rice. And the women who serve us in silence are angels, and they make it a wonderful experience. Manresa is my happy place. I love it there, in case you can't tell. I'm always amazed by other retreatants who walk with their head down. This isn't a jail. You're not confined. You can do anything you want, almost. There's a great story about a retreatant who happened to be making his retreat when the Saints, the New Orleans Saints, were in the playoffs. With no access to radio or TV at Manresa, he frankly just couldn't take it anymore. He was going crazy. He was a true Saints fan. As I mentioned, we're on the banks of the Mississippi River, so he hitchhiked to watch the game in the French Quarter. Needless to say, as many of us have, he got overserved in the French Quarter and hitchhiked back. When he showed up back at Manresa, drunk as Cooter Brown, he was so excited about the win, he started making a bunch of noise and broke silence. And sadly, that got him expelled from the retreat. The good news? The good news was it was covered in the local newspaper. The Saints found out about it and gave him tickets and transportation to the next playoff game. Further proof, Manresa works miracles. For me, the best part is walking along the banks of the Mississippi. Think of every Huck Finn story you've ever read, and that's what it's like. The river just rolls by, day and night, tugboats and barges moving up and down. I get a smile just sitting here thinking about it. There's a church and convent about one and a half miles away, so frequently I'll walk to that, pray, and walk back in the afternoons. It's peaceful. As a Catholic, the best part is seeking and receiving spiritual direction with a priest and, of course, reconciliation or confession. I always come back from Manresa renewed in body and spirit, and probably about five pounds heavier thanks to that great Louisiana cooking. So what was this year's theme? How can you talk and pray about something for three days and three nights? Pretty simple. This year's theme was seeing the face of God. Father started his talk with a story. Father tells lots of stories, and as he says, some of them are true. Father told the story about a little girl. You may know this, but in a Catholic Mass, there's a part where we all have the readings and the gospel. In many churches, they take the children to a separate room to discuss the readings in a manner in which the children at age level can understand the gospel message. Afterwards, there's activity time. One of the women assisting with the children's part of the Mass saw the little girl drawing a picture. She asked the little girl, What are you drawing a picture of? The girl looked up at her and smiled and said, I'm drawing a picture of God. The woman, trying to be understanding, said, Well, you know, honey, none of us actually know what God looks like. The little girl smiled and said, They will when I finish this drawing. And that's the beautiful thing. God is in all things and in all things. I don't have to go to Manresa to find God. I can see God in the face of my beautiful wife. I see him in the face of my children. I see God in co-workers and the folks that deliver the mail. He is literally everywhere. And that's the gift of Manresa for me and in Ignatian spirituality, a reawakening and an awareness that even when we aren't looking, God is there for us. What a wonderful gift. It's also time to reflect. In Ignatian spirituality, we call it the examine. It's a time once a day to take an account. What did we do well? What did we not do well? How can I do better? Where did I see God? And how did God see me? 
Ignatian spirituality is described as a spirituality of finding God's will for better decision-making, or magis. It's finding God in all things. It's accepting God where we find him and knowing that God accepts us where we are. God doesn't have a past or a future. He is always in the present. And as Father Krauss, our retreat master, said, if Jesus was sent by God and died for our sins, what do we have to worry about? In more common words, let go and let God. As we wound up the retreat, the realization seeps in that we're about to go back to, quote, the real world. It's like packing up from vacation to go home. But like all vacations, the retreat comes with trinkets and gifts you didn't have when you arrived. At Manresa, there's the ever-present prayer guide and manual. It tells you where to be and what time. It itself removes another of the obstacles to the freedom of thought. You literally don't have to think about anything. Our retreat master gave us a wonderful crucifix. It has all three of the Trinity holding Jesus to the cross and helping him on the cross. It's a wonderful reminder of the humanity of Jesus and why we are so grateful for the gift of salvation. As we closed and prepared to head back, it was clear that we had all found the face of God in our own way. You can see it in the faces of your fellow retreatants. There's an awakening best shown by the round of applause awarded Father Krauss for his excellent retreat talks. You see, Father's job, if you will, he's not telling us how to find God, but he's like a Sherpa, just showing us the path, but each of us makes the journey ourselves. Father closed with a story about the famous Yogi Berra. Late in life, Yogi, he and his wife were discussing his place for their burial. Yogi's wife said, you know, we've had a great life, born and raised in St. Louis. You played and coached in New York for the Yankees and the Mets. You lived in Texas. She looked at Yogi and said, when you die, where would you like to be buried? And in typical Yogi Bear response, he looked at his wife and said, I don't know, surprise me. My retreat thought of each of you is to be surprised. Be surprised where you find God in our lives, in your work, in your play, and always in your family. Ignatian spirituality is for everyone, men and women. My retreat house, Manresa, is men only, but there are many around the country that share this type of retreat for both men and women. In my group, some of the men have been going for over 40 years. It's truly a special place. So as I close, I close with my reminder for you, be good to yourself, unwind, take a break. In this COVID frozen crazy world, remember that yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift from God, which is why we call it the present. I'm Jeb Bashaw, and this is my podcast, A Texan's View of the World. Thank you.